episode 21, Across 110th Street. Lucky number 21, here we are, Bat and Spider, back once again. Did you miss us? I know you did. (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, Dale underscore A. That, my friends, over there is Chuck Forsman. He's Bat, I'm Spider. And uh, here we are this week with an episode um, featuring the movie Across 110th Street. Oh, yeah. Thank you for uh, pronouncing that because I can't pronounce that that numbered street name. I just can't do it. I was actually going to comment. That's probably <laughs> the last time I'm going to pronounce it right this episode. <laughs> Across 110th Street. So I bought... Chuck. What? Wait. This, this, you yeah. bought... You bought. It's not what you think it is. I guarantee you don't know what I bought. So this afternoon I was grocery shopping at the big Y. And, uh, and you know, I'm getting older. Yeah. You're buying Metamucil now, probably. <laughs> Metamucil. Musil. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, it, no, I bought a, to my surprise, they had an electronic nose hair trimmer for nine ninety nine. And it came with a battery. And I was like, threw that in my cart quick. Quick. And now I am all trimmed up, boy. Dude, proud of you. Thank you. It's a big step. Big step. That's a huge step. Um, I usually just like pluck them out with my like. Yeah. I can't pluck. Can't pluck. I I was just using scissors before. Oh, scissors. That's good too. But that's dangerous. <laughs> that is dangerous. I mean, you've, we've seen we've seen enough movies to know what happens when Ugh. you, yeah, yeah, cripes almighty. Yeah. So uh, yeah, well, that's so I'm great. You're growing high. up, riding high over here. Yeah, that's really nice, Chuck. <laughs> I um bought. Uh, yes. <laughs> Do we have any sound effects to play? <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> I bought. No, I. You know what? Is there any wallet I... noises to play? Money flapping. Yeah, hold on, hold on. I might hold on. We could grab some from uh, 110th Street. There's a lot of money counting in the first scene. Flip, 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 Oops. What was that? Is yeah. that like an old timey car horn? <laughs> <laughs> I was at the store the other day uh-huh. and I bought. <laughs> open my wallet here. I'll just open my wallet for theater of the mind. <laughs> I just saw, ladies and gentlemen, moths just flew out of his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know why I keep, we're sticking to this. I haven't bought anything, Chuck. I, you didn't I buy, buy anything? Good. I impulse buy dumb stuff. Yeah. So and, do I. Uh, you know, it sits on my desk over here. You see this unopened mm-hmm. shirt here, unopened shirt there. Oh, no. Oh, he buy a lot. Of, he buys shirts like I buy shirts <laughs> and DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. Buy exactly. a shirt. I don't care. I just bought a, I think I bought a Ms. 45 shirt the other day. It's good. Yeah. Could not. I've I resisted it many times before, 
and and then I just I couldn't do it any longer. And then it's like when you're, um, you know, you gave yourself your the two days you stayed away from buying something. Mm-hmm. You're like finally like, why am I waiting? Yeah. What's I like? I'm not going to wait. What happens uh, if I wait another week? Nothing. Uh, I might as well yeah. just get it now. What am I? What am I? A Buddhist monk? Like, right. I mean, yeah. obviously not because I always give in to the temptation. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you need to surround yourself in in goods. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Maybe. Maybe someday I'll become a monk, Dale, mm-hmm. and just let it all go. Go live in a monastery. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, is I the agree. slide whistle the best sound effect ever created <laughs> by man? I think it might be. It might be. I mean, but what? This is like dollar store slide whistle. Honest <laughs> to God, this is a yeah. terrible slide whistle. Where did you find this slide whistle? It was along with all the other um, default sounds that came with this app that oh, I use yeah. for, you know, for other stuff. But I mean, this is like, yeah, these are like thrift store sound effects. <laughs> Dollar's general. Look at, look at that dot, the Dotson. Somebody just it sounds like a lawnmower. Is that supposed to be a, a car? Because it sounds like my neighbor's car riding mower. <laughs> old don okay i've never seen anyone mow their lawn so much i'll tell you what yeah i think he mows his lawn every single day whoa yeah it's insane that's you know he what that is it. he just likes riding tractors <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's, yeah he mm-hmm. any chance to be on top of that puppy mm-hmm. get on that get on that tractor seat oof right around mm-hmm. when i was younger i would come to my uh, grandma and grandpa's and uh, my great grandma lived next door, my grandpa's mom, and he, she had like a garden in the backyard, like a wow. like pretty big garden. Yeah. And he had like this old tractor. It was bigger than a riding mower, but it wasn't like an a Ford 8N or something, if you know tractors. Nah. It wasn't that big. Um, but he would use it to cultivate the garden, which is you just ride in between the rows of of produce and yeah. like you drop this like rake behind the tractor and it like you know so i would do that like two or three times a day just because i got to ride the tractor <sighs> that sounds yeah. like heaven it was kid, heaven. you know so even old, now I, I would love to do that, that yeah it's great so that's probably what old don's up to your neighbor yeah he whatever he's doing it's immaculate over there good for him yeah good for him um dale guess what what chuck Speaking of impulses, I impulsively ordered us some Bat and Spider stickers. Oh, God, Chuck. I'm glad you remembered to bring those up. They're black and white. They're square. Almost three inches by three inches. Almost. Not quite. It's a good size. We got two models. We got the Bat and Spider logo oh. with, our, our bat spi- with our Bat Spider friend. Yeah. And we got our uh, Crypt Keeper's Coffin logo with the uh, Crypt Keeper <sighs> badge. And anyone listening out there can order this. Order these stickers for two bucks. There's a link in the show notes right now. Go mm. click on that. Get yourself some stickers. Yeah. We've got we've already got some orders in Dale. People are loading up their carts. Someone ordered five of each. Oh. <gasps> so I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna st- stick them all around town. Heck I don't know. Yeah. All over their their grandparents' bumpers, their Ford Velare. I don't know. Their Buick Park Avs. 
Yeah. Is it Hell Buick yeah. 81? Is that one? 89? What's it called? <laughs> Buick, yeah, it was like 88 or, or 88. Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile 88? 88. That's it, yeah. My friend had a, had one of those. Nice. My friend had a Pontiac 6000, which is completely unrelated, but mm. one day we he pulled in the parking lot at school. He left it running all day long. He just got out of his car, went to, went to class. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Was and it, it still survived. and it was still running by the time he got back there? Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Idling for eight hours. Woo. Modern modern uh, engineery, right, Dale? I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But anyway, we got these stickers and you can order these guys. They're fun. Stick them all over the place. Chuck, Spread the good word. That's exciting. Uh, you can find a, a link in the show notes. You can find a link to the stickers in our Bat and Spider Instagram profile. And they are remarkable looking. And I can't wait to get mine because I'm getting some too. Oh, yeah. Dale, I'm making Dale order some. <laughs> Even though he hosts the show. He's got yeah, order Chuck them. is like, he's hardcore. You know what I mean? Like, by the book. Chuck <laughs> by the book, they call him. Anyway, any, anything else you want to talk about, Dale, before we get into the feature presentation? Gosh, I don't even know. Uh, you know, I've been down for the count for several days now. So, you know, mm. time in memoriam has passed by me. I, I, um, I don't know. You're just I don't in even that, know. You've been in that, what's that, a cryogenic chamber? Just yeah. healing? Healing. Preserving your skin? That's number one what it's for <laughs> for sure my the skin these elbows it's that supple. these Dale's elbows, elbows that my mom tried to resuscitate since <laughs> i was a young boy <laughs> if you were able to touch dale's elbows you'd be like these are not this is not the skin of an of a full-grown man uh, uh with elbows this is mm-hmm. like like the inner like the like, like the a, underarm of like a newborn baby that's what they feel like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it is. I was thinking like birch. <laughs> the chunk of a birch uh, bark. An old birch. Mm. And honest to God, Chuck, I forgot what else I was going to talk about. Uh, it's you okay. know, some things got watched. I watched Raising Arizona last night. I, it's, God, it's a, it's a perfect movie. I just love that movie. <laughs> Man, it is a it is a classic. Love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Been, we've been doing a little bit of a run through through Coen Brothers movies. I I think it started with Man Who Wasn't There. I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. Just passed me up. Never saw it. But that's the it's sort of like the noirish one with Billy Bob Thornton. Holy crap! I was blown away. Blown yeah. away. Wow. Yeah. I loved it. Loved it. And a young ScarJo, she was probably still like eighteen or nineteen in it. I think it was probably right after Ghost World. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I um, I myself went on a little tear, a little horror movie tear, uh, the past couple days before I went into stasis. So you can check out my letterbox for the movies specifically. I did watch the documentary for Action Park. Oh um, yeah, which was great. It's a great documentary on it. It was like you know verbal recounting of the bananas 
bananas that was Action Park in northern New Jersey. I lived in deep south New Jersey, so I never got to go, but I remember the commercials. That's why I watched it, because, you know, it was like near near and dear to me in that sense. Yeah. Have you ever been to, I think I might have asked you this online, do you, do you ever hear of Wild West City in New Jersey? Uh, no, you did ask me. I remember looking it up. Yeah, yeah. that's that's me and another... my friends went there once. It's yeah? like it's quite a trip. It's like it, I think it may have opened in the '60s or something, and it's just like a they built a Wild West town in this small town in New Jersey, and it's just like they play like sound effects over the PA system of like oh, yeah. from like Western cartoons. <laughs> And then they, they'll do like cowboy shows where like there'll be a shootout in the middle of the street. Yes. With like blanks and the guns and stuff. It's pretty fun. And I think there was like a, a roller coaster, but I don't think it was in operate. It wasn't operable. <laughs> right. It's probably the, built before yeah. OSHA. <laughs> oh yeah. It's probably not safe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's still there because their website's up. So it's, uh, it's well worth seeking out. If you like you weird go. roadside attractions, it's uh, which I do. Yeah. Wild West City. I still have on my old drawing desk a bumper sticker from Wild West City. Wow. That looks That's... like they like they printed up like 100,000 in 1965 and still uh-huh. have them for sale. Oh, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's amazing. Vintage. Vintage. All right, Dale. Should we get into this? <clears throat> Let's get into the movie... Across 110th Street. So, you know, this is definitely our vibe. It's not a horror movie. It's more of a, a crime caper, black exploitation movie, but mm-hmm. it is definitely our cup of tea. Yeah. Chuck, what is Across 110th Street? Three black men in Harlem stick up a numbers racket bank run by the mob. And they make it out. They make. They get a bag of 300,000 G's, Dale. Um, but in the process, they also kill the six guys that were there counting the money and moving it around. Um, and what follows is 24 hours of us, the viewer, watching the forces of the city close in on these three bandits. The Italian mob, the Harlem mob, and the cops. And that's it. And it is, I mean, to give you a kind of a rundown of the vibe we're talking here, this is, this is early 70s grime. Like they shot, I think I read they shot like 80, like 90% in Harlem, which was especially back then, I guess was very weird uh, to actually shoot that much on location um, without using sets and stuff. Um, so this has a very distinctive look, you know, you see, you, you're getting 1972 New York city, uh, with all its faults and mm. people walking around. Like, it's like, it's there. It is thick. <laughs> yes. The, the city itself is such a character mm-hmm. in this movie because it is in a state of like, I, I only wish I could relate to it in some way. I knew the city in any way. I know. You know what I mean? Because to to know those city blocks where this was filmed, like if you were to be able to know it now, 
mm-hmm. and then see this. You know what I mean? And you see a lot. You see that in the Times Square shots in a lot of movies, Basket Case and yeah, and, sure, and yeah, of the yeah. like. But this was like this is real deal. This is real. Yeah, and you don't even like you don't even see many of like the like it's almost like, there's a there's a James Bond movie where he spends like. <laughs> Yeah, like ten minutes of the movie in Harlem, I think, and yeah. you see like the bombed out buildings, like just buildings crumbling. Um, it was like it it was like a war zone. Like uh, it, it's hard to describe. Like if you if you've never seen pictures of it, but it, it's it's terrifying. It was you know, and uh, you yeah. know, and and you know, it, it's it, it. I'm sure we'll discuss this, but like. The more things change, the more things stay the same, which is, uh, yeah, the, the, this movie, I think, especially with the, with race relations in this movie and mm-hmm. the way the cops operate and treat, especially black people in Harlem. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one, Dale. This is not, it's not a comfortable watch. I love no. this movie, but it is, it kind of grabs you, uh, by the head and shoves you <laughs> into this world and makes you look. Like it's, I felt a little bit like uh, the guy in Clockwork Orange with his eyes open, you know, being forced open to watch <laughs> yeah. the horrible footage. Um, um, I, this has nothing, I watched yeah. this movie, this has, you know, I I had the same reaction to this movie as I did the first time I read Stray Bullets. Oh, wow. Interesting. And yeah. I, I, that, I, I, we you know, my comic book podcast I used to do with Slim and Jonesy, uh, we did Straight Bullets, and I vividly remember that was like the realest comic I had read, <laughs> yeah. you know, up up to that point in, in my comic reading, you know. Yeah. It, and it was so real, like it conjured these uh, these feelings of, my God, this is, like, it was just almost too real. Like it was just bitter, sure. so bittersweet. I mean, it was, it's a work of art, but it's just like Jesus, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's yeah. what this movie was. And it, I mean, it was, it was fantastic, but yeah. you know, it's so, and it's so relevant. Like the line of the movie is, um, so Yafet Kodo is a, is a po- by the book black policeman. And yeah. Anthony Quinn is like this racist Italian detective. And, uh, Anthony Quinn like uh, accuses Yafet Kodo. He's like, "Are you a cop or are you one of those social workers?" Like, yeah, <laughs> that's just like which is twenty like, twenty. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that line. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Holy nothing, nothing sh- has really changed at all. Yes, yeah. absolutely not. It was just, uh, you know, it and you know, for this to be made at the time, it's just nothing new. You know, it's just nothing yeah. new. Like people have yeah. been dealing with this for decades and more than decades, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, so like our three, uh, the, the stick up guys and that we mm-hmm. like the movie opens with them sticking up this, it's just like a random apartment in Harlem where the mob is like, they're yeah. collecting all their numbers, money for the day, probably. Uh, a bunch of guys are standing around a table counting by hand, throwing it into bags and stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden two dudes dressed as policemen come in, uh, and stick them up. And of course, one of the, one of the guys goes for a gun, mm-hmm. which was a huge mistake. And the guy, the, one of the stick up men who has a machine gun, yeah. just mows. No, no, for God's sake. 
That machine gun. War. <laughs> it was like a Tommy gun or something. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I don't I don't know about guns, so I don't even pretend to know what it is, but Yeah. Uh fast rate of fire. And and then they get they get out of there and they end and they kill two cops on the street as they're trying to get away. It's it's a shit show. Like Yeah. So it's like you know, you kill a cop, you know, first they have the mob after them because they just stole $300,000 and then they till, kill two cops. So then you, you got the cops all pissed off. So they're going to put their full, full weight into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we lead in. Then we are introduced to like the Italian mob and then the black mob. So like it's, we're in Harlem. So like 110th street is the dividing line, like the top of central, central park. Above that is Harlem. So, mm-hmm. so there's like the local mob um, run by, oh, what's his name? It's not Papa Bear. Doc Johnson, was that his name? Um, who's like, he's like the head of the black mob in Harlem. So he's sort of like running things on the ground, but the Italian mob is still sort of the, the higher ups. Like they're still running the bigger game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of, so you see like a, a capo and the Italian mob be sent down to Harlem. What do you see? Central Park. Central Park, see? But there's also no man's land that separates us from the black in Harlem. Yeah. Nick. Today they took our bank in Harlem for over $300,000. To find these guys, so he's putting pressure on Doc Johnson and and all this stuff. And Doc Johnson, Dale, uh, he he's the guy who talks like this. Oh yeah. Did you? I was reading his uh, his like uh, his uh, uh, resume. Yeah. And he, he is. <laughs> he's Steve Martin's dad in the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> God. And I was that like, changes yes, everything. That's, that's where I know that guy from. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Oh God. Cause Steve Martin was in the jerkies raised by a black family. That's like the, this big joke. Cause like someone, yeah. <laughs> he's like you, sir. Yeah. Whatever. I won't repeat the line. Um, but, but that guy's great. Oh, that voice. It sounds like the dude swallowed rocks for a week when he was like 10 years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. To get this voice. Oh my God. Hey, DeSavio! Yeah? You ain't never gonna make it, you know that? What are you, 40, 45 years old? You were a punk errand boy when you married the boss's daughter, and you're still a punk errand boy! Oh, no, 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 no. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so it's like all these forces of the city like just like bumping up against each other but they're all they all want to get these guys (laughs) yeah these poor guys who are like you know, one is like working at a, a dry cleaners. One just got out of prison. Um, and the other one's like a party boy <laughs> who like immediately takes a stash 
buys a bunch of fancy clothes and yeah. goes to the club. Goes to the club. He is not. He should be keeping it quiet, man. Because oh he yeah, just, you know he just ripped off a lot of money, and people are angry. He should not be out partying in the clubs, fla- f- you know, flashing all that money. Yeah, um, he played in uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Oh my god, a uh, Wayne's Brothers. Uh, god, John, amazing. I there's so many recognizable faces in this movie. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, and this That's is surprising. This is such a serious movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. This is like it's an odd one. I haven't seen a ton of black exploitation and and I'm not sure if this is like in the canon of black exploitation because because it's not mm-hmm. I I always consider black exploitation funnier and goofier. <laughs> like yeah. like they're always they're usually have a lot of comedy, but this one is just like it is a straight like crime. We're going to show you everything and it's going to be uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were very, they wanted to show what it's like, <laughs> like it was yeah. like, we're going to show what this grimy city is actually like, like we're not going to pull any punches. Um, and it's, it's, there's just so many just intertwining storylines. It's really an interesting flow of the movie. You know, everybody, there's like this game of cat and mouse. The cops yeah. got to get to these, uh, people first. The mob is definitely leaking after him, and the and the mob is, you know, the 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 head of the mob. His he sends his son in law, who apparently is a big joke. You find out it's so funny how you yeah. find out that he's just like an errand boy, <laughs> yeah. Uh, his daughter's husband, and uh, he's a big dickhead in the movie. I mean, he's cruel Ugh, and the worst. Like he is almost. You could tell he's compensating for. Uh, where he his station is in life, just being the daughter's husband and not a captain in this mob. Yeah, and uh, there's so much of that like dripping through his character that he's very cruel and abusive and torturous when he's trying to get information from the people he catches. Yeah, um, and just you know Anthony Quinn and Yefet Koto, like Anthony Quinn is just you know he's racist. He takes payments from the black mob in Harlem to, you know, and he's like, he's be- he'll beat up a suspect. Like, oh, as yeah. soon as they don't answer the way he wants, he just, he'll skip right to punching them in the stomach or throwing yep. them on the floor. And that's, I mean, that's a cool dynamic because the younger um, cop who is uh, against Anthony Cohen's wishes is actually in charge of the investigation. And he's like, really not yeah. comfortable with that. Um, because he's a black detective. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the book, you know. Yeah. And he's by the book. He's like, hey, you can't be beating up these suspects. This is insane. Like, this is not the way we do things. So it's like, it's sort of this old world, new world um, dynamic with the police where, you know, you see like <laughs> the way they do things is not mm-hmm. by the book and it's bad. And there's the one guy, one detective who's like trying to do it the right way. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's, and you know what? It's as by the book, like Yefet Koto, I don't, he's not grateful and he's not, no, um, he's not grateful for Anthony Quinn, obviously, because Anthony Quinn's a real big dirtbag. Yeah. But, you know, you can't argue 
with the information gleaned from Anthony Quinn when he ta- does his tactics. You know what I mean? Yafakoto, he's not a uh, uh, Lieutenant Pope. He's not approving of this at all. But, yeah. you know, he at the same time, Anthony Quinn is almost like, you know, here's the information. You can do what you want with it at that point. And, 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 for, and to a degree, Anthony Quinn plays ball and he knows Lieutenant Pope's in charge. That doesn't mean he can't cop the way he normally cops. Yeah. But he wants all the information that's being filtered to him. You know what I mean? All, all the people that's in his pockets in the precinct. He's like, please, you got to take this to pope he's the guy in charge but they don't want to get nobody wants to give it to pope because he's a black guy mm-hmm. and uh, you know quinn's 55 he's been on the force for years and he's just a hard-boiled detective you know he's like hard-boiled detective that's probably where detectives come from you know what i mean like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the stereotypical yeah, yeah. detective that's exactly what he is but um just the way they they act with each other and you know by the end it's like their interaction is just so interesting yeah koto is yeah. so good in this movie he's oh, so young he's, he's i know so young he's he grew up there which i didn't realize he grew up in harlem i think um so he he was like i think they actually i was doing a little research they wanted um mm-hmm. i don't know some hollywood actors to be in this and yeah yeah they, they wanted city portraying yeah, they kept saying like Har- the Harlem residents didn't want that, which I don't understand. Yeah, what those notes in Wikipedia meant like yeah, it's like did you did they announce it in the paper? Like, did they yeah, hold like, the town hall? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was so confused by that, but whatever reason they were like, no, we need to get like someone local who knows what it's like. Um, but yeah, he was so good, and and just their dynamic of like, like like Lieutenant Pope is like, he's like on the rise a black detective and he wants Anthony Quinn's job basically. Mm-hmm. And they know that like, they both know that and it, it like comes to a head and, and like, it's funny, like the one scene where Lieutenant Pope finds out that he, the, that Anthony Quinn has taken money from the mob. <laughs> like, I think it was supposed to be like this big scene with a lot of weight, but when I was watching, I was like, yeah, that's, of course he's taking money like it mm-hmm. didn't it wasn't like a big deal like i mean it's a big deal of course it's you know yeah but but me watching it in 2020 i was like this is not shocking <laughs> right but but he was like so embarrassed for uh lieutenant pope to see him taking that money uh and he like tried to brush it off he's like i only take clean money it's only numbers money i don't take the i don't take the horn money or the whatever the drug money the, other, the drug money yeah and right. Doc Johnson's like, they all say that. Yeah. <laughs> Only the clean money for you. <laughs> that might have been my favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, yeah. When they're all, all, the three of them are in the room and like Doc Johnson without, you know, just in casual conversation, he just mm-hmm. outs Mattelli's entire laundry, like his yeah. dirty laundry to Lieutenant Pope. When you're giving me all the shit, he works for me. He works for me, same as the whores and the dealers. Oh. I only took gambling money. Oh, yeah, yeah, they all say that. No, no, you don't take whoring money. You, you don't take dirty, junky money. You only take nice, clean numbers money. Where do you think it comes from? Little envelopes. Dirty money or clean money, 
It's all the same. Now get the hell out of here. I think that kind of depicts what I like about this movie is that there's no, there's not really any heroes in this story. The closest we have is Lieutenant Pope, but especially towards the end, the way Doc Johnson's talking, like, you know, he's not going to last forever, like being the Boy Scout. Like he's going to, he's going to give in. He's probably going to start taking money or, you know, cooperating because it's just, that's how the city works. Like that's how this is set up and, and one guy is not going to fix it. Like, um, which I mean, isn't that, isn't that crazy? It's just crazy. (laughs) The the machine that is like, you have somebody like Pope who is probably Mm -hmm. based on, you know, through the generations, tons of people who wanted to do it by the book, but that, but the city is just going to eat you up and spit you out. Like there's no way because even if you're clean, the hundred other people that are above you are dirt, dirt, dirty as hell. You know what I mean? And they're going to treat you like shit. Yeah. You and you're going to end up money. dead or, yeah. or, you know, worse or better. You know, it's, it's just it like, reminds me of uh, Serpico. I just watched Serpico a few months ago and it's all about this. Like uh, Al Pacino refuses to take the money, the payoffs. And he is just like, his life goes to shit. Oh, all of the, the rest of the police force is just like, what is wrong with this piece of shit? Well, he's not taking the money. Is he better than us? I guess he thinks he's better than us. And wow. It's just, He's just in for a world of shit. And that, you know, they didn't really get into that too much here, but you know, do I need to watch Serpico next? <laughs> you should. It's, I, I put it off for a long time and I was like, you know what? This, there's a reason this movie is interesting. And that's based on a real true life stuff. So that's another good seventies cop movie. Um, and, 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 uh, there's, so one of the gunmen, one of the heistmen, yeah. He puts on a speech to his girlfriend or oh, wife. Thank uh, you for bringing this up. Yeah. Like uh, maybe, you know, maybe this is actually the scene in the movie, but. Uh, yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> Paul Benjamin, I think, is the actor. Until six o'clock this evening, what was sure for me? Hmm? I'll tell you what. Prison. Back in the giant again, beating my putt in my hand. You know, outside in some asshole job like a, a janitor or a porter, you know. Cleaning up after some goddamn white men. You see, that was sure. That was dead sure. You'd have gotten a job sooner or later. Look at me, huh? Look at me! You're looking at a 42-year-old ex-con nigger with no schooling, no trade, and a medical problem. Now, who the hell would want me for anything but washing cars or swinging a pick? You gotta get your mind out of that white woman's dream. He played in the movie Rosewood, which is, you know, old school favorite of mine. I've never seen that. It's a very good movie. It's a John Singleton one, I think. Uh, I think so. I think it is. He plays an older man who basically is, you know, it's it's a very terrible thing that happened you know in in like florida rosewood florida uh, in the 1800s um so what jim harris explains to his wife is like the the, all i got is washing cars or like doing laundry for white people yeah and And, where is the pride in that like he he knows he's so much more but again but this world the 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 way it's set up like it's not it's not giving him anything like he, he has no choice. Like it's, it's, I mean, maybe not no choice, but he, but he really doesn't. Right. I mean, he's yeah, not, he yeah, can't but it, move yeah. to, you know, rural. Yeah. But he's whatever. like trying to explain to her, you know, he's like, I, 
I took this gamble and I ripped off this money from the mob because what, because what else do I have? Like I just got out of prison. I have epilepsy. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, nobody wants to hire me for a real job. You know, I can be a doorman or janitor. Yeah. Um, basically just be a servant uh, to white people. And Um, the whole, and just the, the pacing or the way the movie makes you feel is exactly what, how that makes you feel. Yeah. He's got no options. Yeah. Just the way they treat black people, you know, the, obviously the, uh, the Italian mob, they're just like awful. They're, you know, they're just jackals. Um, but he, I mean, and he sold it. Like the speech he gave was just powerful stuff, powerful stuff. And he, and his performance was just nuts. Like he, I was like terrified of him for a lot of it. Like, I think he was like trying to play up the epilepsy thing. Cause he kept like doing this, this twitch in his cheek. Mm-hmm. And like when he met up with one of the other robbers who was like, guys, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to get out of the city. And he's got his bag of money and they're like, they're having this talk in the stairwell and, and they like, they like hug, um, which was a pretty, pretty touching scene. It was the, through the whole thing. He, Paul Benjamin, his face was just so stone cold and just like twi- having that little twitch in his cheek. Um, mm-hmm. I was just like, what is he like? What is he thinking? Like he's so, and it's probably exactly what that guy would be like, you know, just like, you know, mm-hmm. got out of the joint and he's, you know, he's, he's just, he's a hard man trying to do something impossible. Yeah. It's interesting. A- Anthony Quinn was actually a producer on this and he, he didn't, he, he didn't want to star in it. I guess he, he tried to get some other people, to be in it to play his part the detective but he couldn't find anyone so then he ended up uh doing it himself yeah and this is did you catch that this is based on a book in the beginning i i didn't realize that i, I did yeah i had i did not realize that at all yeah i'd be um, interested to read that see what the book's like anthony quinn most famous as the all-father zeus in hercules the legendary journeys made for tv movies <laughs> obviously <laughs> Anthony Quinn, he is, he's so famous, but like, I can't, I can yeah. never think of like why he's famous. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know that's perfect. That nails him perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think I know him just because of, uh, I think the mystery science theater episode of Mitchell, there's like an old guy in one scene and Tom says like, I'm almost Anthony Quinn. Like that's <laughs> the first time I heard that name <laughs> and I was like. You know, I laugh because I was a little kid, but even, but I had no idea who Anthony yeah. Quinn was. Um, I think he's he's probably just like he showed up at you know like Dean Martin roasts or something as you yeah. know he's probably just a guy like who knows how prolific his career was really. Yeah, yeah. I'm not looking that. it up. So, <laughs> what is this a movie podcast? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's well, this is an exploitation show, so let's talk about some violence. So, I think the hardest. <laughs> Well, there's two scenes that are really bad, but the first one that happens is um, the getaway driver who's like, he's like in the club flashing out his money. The The mob tracks him down there and they, oh. they don't show everything. They show the capo like shoving a glass into his face. Yeah. Like a broken um, glass. Yeah. And then later they talk about, you know, they drag him out of the club and that they severed his manhood, I think. Um, yeah, but they, in the movie, they cut to him in an ambulance and, um, and the Lieutenant, the detectives are in the ambulance. They, they catch up with him 
and they're trying to get him to say, you know, get information out of him. Like who helped you, you know, who did this to you, who, you know, what's going on. Um, and he is just in agony. And th- this scene was so hard to watch, like the back of an ambulance, this guy, poor guy has just been like tortured and he's like at death's door and he's just screaming and it's just, it's, he's writhing in pain. And he's got fucking Anthony Quinn over him, like trying to slap answers out of him. <laughs> just like, leave him alone, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. He gets so, so violent ugh. with him. Yeah. And then the other one is when the capo catches up with the second guy at the top of that skyscraper that's in the middle of construction and he's hanging him from like a rope over the, the side. Oh, it's so awful. And the tension there is really interesting because you have, you know, you've got the capo from the Italian mob, but you have like the two henchmen, Chevy and his other guy yeah. from the black mob standing and watching. And like for a minute you think, okay, these guys are going to help their brother out, you know? Right. Because nobody. Because nobody's helping this guy. And, right. And, you know, to, and, and to see what he's going through. Yeah. And, and, but but they never do. And, and it's, it's, it's horrifying. (laughs) Like, it's just like, yeah, Uh it's for them. It's money. It's the money and power. Like this is the game. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter who you are, that you live in my neighborhood. You you ripped off the money. That's you got to pay. The editing was so in crazy in that sequence because they, I mean, they, they purposely focus the camera on the reactions of the black guys, the black monsters, Because you're just assuming that, like, you have to help. You have to help. You know what I mean? But And they, like, glance at each other. And you're like, oh, they're going to do something. They're going to do something. Like, they can't let this stand. Right. But they never do. They just just sit there. I mean, because they uh, they just know, you know, they are not part of this narrative. And whatever they do is just going to start a whole lot more. And And they're dead. You know, they're shortly dead because of it. Yeah. I was so mad at that taxi driver. Who ratted out that guy? I know. How did I? I was confused how he even knew it was the guy, because he he like looked at his bag in the mirror, the rearview mirror, and somehow he knew, and he like did the code word over the radio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know. Why did was, he have his name on his bag? I don't know. Yeah. Why did he have to yeah, use that know. bag? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like because it worked for the story, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah um yeah but you know the whole thing wraps up with our the last guy paul benjamin who we talked about who had the great scene he's the last one standing and the mob catches him in in this building that he's he's trying to hide out with his his old lady in like this abandoned building and they start shooting through the door and he's shooting he's got his machine gun still (laughs) oh yeah shooting out the door and and it's Unfortunately, a bullet gets his old lady in the head, which is heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, yeah. But man, he he mows the rest of them down. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that, that that the evil capo gets it. He finally like yeah. gets what's coming to him, which was maybe the only justice that happens in this movie. I think <laughs> right because the rest is just depressing. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, that gun never runs out of bullets, man. He just had. <laughs> Like good, <laughs> good for him. But damn, a lot of bullets. He blew up. He blew up a car too. 
Yeah. He like goes down to the street, kills more mobsters that are waiting in the car <laughs> and the car like tries to drive him over and it tips over and then he shoots the car and it bursts into flames. Mm. And then, uh, but by that time the cops are closing in. So he goes back up the building and it's this pretty cool rooftop chase. And, but he, at one point I think he gets shot and he knows he's not going to make it. And it is pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, this is pretty hopeful. He drops the bag of money onto like a schoolyard. Yeah. Where all these kids are out, probably like at recess or something. And they, they're just like grabbing all this money. It's, yeah. It's awesome. Um, that was like the one little bright spot I liked. <laughs> yeah. It was like, take the money, kids, run, run. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, and then during that time, during that chaos, uh, you know, the black mob is perched up on another rooftop and they, like use a silencer to kill Anthony Quinn yeah during that whole confusion yeah you know yeah, and, like they, and make it look like he just got hit with one of the machine gun bullets basically yeah 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 I think a sharpshooter takes the uh takes Paul Jem- Benjamin out oh the yeah cops are all standing there like all right we did it this so it's finally over um but yeah but then that silencer on a handgun which I questioned I, again not a ballistics expert. Like, I don't know if you can, I don't know how far away he was. It seemed like he would be far away for them to not notice. <laughs> I know. Just standing on the rooftop, but he shoots him with a handgun. Like, I don't know, a couple yeah, blocks away. It, it seemed like it penetrates, <laughs> it penetrates whatever it needed to penetrate, but it was, yeah. it was interesting. Um, right into at, Anthony Quinn's head. <laughs> yeah. At first I was I, I like, what, yeah. I, they, they purposely used a, a different sound effect. I was like, did they use that on purpose? Or, and yeah. then, you know, come to find why not, why they're just using a silencer to, to dispose of Anthony Quinn, you yeah. know, while nobody's looking. Yeah. Which is a ballsy he's, move. Uh, he's worn out his welcome. He's, uh, it's time, the, the mob decided it's time for him to retire. Crazy. And so crazy. Lieutenant Pope is the new one that they're going to yep. work to get in their pocket. Um, crazy. So crazy. Yeah. I wonder if Quinn wanted that ending. I, I wonder if that was in the script. Part of me was like, <laughs> he wanted to, have, you know, have the last line, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. in the movie, because he was the producer. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Like, I need to be the last, you know, take care of the bank robbers, yeah. and then have me, you know, it's me. And then have me get shot in the head. Right. And then it's like, you know. And freeze frame on Him me. and Pope, like, are holding hands. Because yeah, Pope is yeah. like trying to help him, and then that's where it freeze frames on their, you know, on the black and white hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy yeah. though, crazy movie. Uh, yeah. I absolutely love this movie. I mean, it was awesome. It awesome. was just f- real. It was real. It was a great storyline. It was just Harlem was just a, you know up just a set dressing all in its own. I mean, it's. Just to yeah. think how long it was in just such disrepair. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite a movie. It, it's, it's, um, it's one I, I think I heard about through a, an old podcast I used to listen to, um, called Travis Bickle and the Riviera. And they would always bring this movie up and that's how I heard about it. Um, and the, uh, oh, we should bring up the famous, uh, the song, the oh, title song. Yeah. Dude. It's probably more famous than this movie is, I guess. Um, but it was uh, written and recorded by um, Bobby Womack. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's a great song. Uh, it's so good. It, it opens the movie, yeah. And the whole soundtrack is good. I don't think he does the whole soundtrack, but but it's all like... 
you know, it's like it took a waka. Yeah, and it's like bongos and, and uh, yeah. yeah, that. Oh yeah, the bongos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, it was so, like they could just keep yeah. it going. I could, I could find if I could find like one of those one-hour loops on YouTube of like that kind of style. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, I would be yeah, yeah, yeah. in heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I, I'm glad we watched something a little, a little off horror yeah. and a little more into exploitation because I, I. I think I always wanted the show to to delve into that type of stuff because mm-hmm. um, I'm interested in it. Um, but so yeah, yeah, it's cool. I'm glad we uh, we uh, did something a little different this time out. So what now? What do we do now, Chuck? Uh, I think this is the time where we check out listener feedback. Oh yeah, that's right. The late show mailbag. Do we have any feedback, Dale? Do people? listen to the show there are you know who knows and you dear friend of the show can send your feedback as well we have an email address batandspiderpod at gmail.com go ahead and send us your emails send us your voice memos send us your gift cards whatever you want to send us send it to that email address we also have a bat and spider hotline obviously you can give that a ring a ding ding Chuck, I'm going to get to these right now. See what's on the minds of the people. First one from uh, our boy TJ Hamilton on the Instagram. Nice. So the visitor, after that little girl shot her mom, shoved her down the steps, pushing her through the glass aquarium, (laughs) let her be attacked by that annoying bird and helped strangle her with the fishing wire, she gets to live in some wonderful heaven-type place with blonde Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted a sequel yeah. in which the mother got some sweet revenge. That's all. Enjoy the hot dog or hamburger show. Tim. <laughs> Tim, I bless Tim for watching along. I'm telling tell you. you what. <laughs> Good for him. The visitor too, like he's, yeah. that that one sentence is everything. I mean, she is not she is like terrible she did help try to strangle the mom with fishing wire that's true that's true that poor woman she's been through it yeah and she goes to heaven at the end mm-hmm. it was horrible yeah. meanwhile mom is still f that handicapped movie. i know living out the rest of her days like that yeah next up thinking about that time her daughter shot her in the back <laughs> yeah her- she was surprisingly jolly after all that though i, I have to say the mother she yeah she she seemed like she recovered pretty quickly she yeah she put it past her pretty quickly you know she put she had to yeah Yeah. she had to yeah that's what moms do i guess right (laughs) all right next up uh from our friend of the show hobo salary your somewhat recent discussion on bike shorts brought back a defining childhood memory in third grade, I had a pair of black and gold ones that matched my Rocketeer shirt. Oh, God, Hobo. Oh, wow. It was probably my favorite outfit. One day in the hall, my teacher pulled me aside and told me not to wear them to school anymore. She wouldn't tell me why. <laughs> what? It was only many years later that I put together she probably got tired of seeing my little boy penis on display like an <laughs> acorn wrapped in cellophane. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, hey, Lord. It's, pro- she, it's probably like, you know, she's like <laughs> elephant in the room. She just, yeah. without saying it, she, she had to say it. She can't take it anymore. Yeah, she couldn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's like, I'm not, I don't get paid enough no. to deal with this. I have to, I have to nip this in yeah. the bud. It's got to end. Think about the amount of time she talked about you <laughs> and your shorts to with like her, outside yeah. circles, uh, which we know husband, teachers don't like, have, you know. Yeah. Or in the teacher's lounge. Yeah. Oh my God. That is amazing. Oh, Love the show. Thank Devin. you. Oh my gosh. Oh, Devin. Yeah. Okay. Devin. Amazing story. <laughs> Thank you. Keep them coming if you got oh, more. Oh wow. that was That That's was classic. <laughs> uh, up next, our boy Severin um, emailed us and it's a link to a YouTube channel. Um, where he says, I recently stumbled upon this channel as a bunch of old 70s and 80s horror movies for free. And the channel is called VHS Meltdown. Um, which, yeah, there they are. It's um, full YouTube underground. It's uh, if you poke around long enough, you'll find a lot of full movies on there. Like if they're, especially if they're like weird, uh, not well-known movies i think they they just slip through the algorithm yeah and uh you know they don't get flagged the young lawyers don't know you know the keywords to the movie titles and stuff like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) however they do it (laughs) it looks like a great channel i will say so you folks have fun with that next up last but certainly not least is a voicemail from our boy catcher hey guys uh it's catcher catcher I had to oh call in because last week you reviewed The Visitor and didn't absolutely love it. I don't understand. <laughs> you pooped on it so much. It's such a crazy-ass movie. I mean, it's messy. Uh, it doesn't make sense a lot of the time. Some things are never explained. All of those things are true. But there's one thing I know about you guys. It's that you'll love a movie that swings for the fences and tries. And this movie tries. <laughs> it tries hard. Um, Does it? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think it tried hard? I think we we laid out a case for our problems with it. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and sometimes it just puts in a crazy scene where a bird flies into a window and makes a man crash his car and create <laughs> like a 10 car pileup. And then that car also screens off the side and rolls down a hill and then rolls into like a baseball diamond chain link fence and then gets wrapped up in it and then catches on fire. And then that cop burns alive <laughs> inside that car in front of all kinds. The fact that the cop car got wrapped in chicken wire. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. So he couldn't escape. Yeah. Tons of people who can't save him. This is a great, this is a great movie. This is a great scene and a great movie. Perfect to throw on with your buddies. And just have a laugh. Um, but I understand it's not everybody's cup of tea. But I'm glad you watched it. And keep watching all the things that you watch because it gets me so excited. Um, talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye. Thanks, Catcher. Great great voicemail. And I think you might have answered your own question at the end there when you said throw it on with a couple of buddies and have a, a fun time. Because I could see that being... You know, you got a couple of rowdy boys over the house. We're around. You're getting yeah. loose. You want to throw on something crazy. 
you know, you know, something that you can hoot and holler at. I could, I could see that the visitor being yeah. a good, good selection for that type of moment. But for uh, a bunch of dudes like us sitting alone in our our chairs, chairs, <laughs> or whatever we watch movies in, yeah, <laughs> watching weird movies, it didn't have the same effect. But I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, argument. and I mean, obviously. I I appreciate that Catcher appreciates this movie so much. I mean, Catcher is able yeah. is like he can find beauty in the mundane, and he's very good at <sighs> yeah. that. So, mm-hmm. Catcher, thank you for that point of view. I mean, it yeah, it definitely swings, and uh, you know, I am the first to admit that I, as soon as somebody calls me on my shit, you know, I will <laughs> like start to feel wishy washy about it, and uh, probably up the star rating of the visitor now, Catcher, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I could. I definitely see your point. Yeah, actually, and thanks for bringing up that the scene where world famous Hollywood actor Glenn Ford playing that detective gets attacked by birds in his car, and he, yeah, he, that all that stuff happens. That was pretty funny. And did you notice? I, I I meant to bring this up. They kept doing close-ups on Glenn Ford's lip. Did you see that? And they had some thick-ass skin-colored makeup. Oh, covering dude. something on his lip. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember the makeup. <laughs> I remember it like and I was like Man. up above his temple. It was like flaking. It was so much makeup. Yeah, I I wonder if he was sick or something. They were like covering things up. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Abscesses and I felt bad. I was like, man, did Alamo Draft House really have to rescan this? <laughs> I know. Could have they just left that? <laughs> yeah, they could have just left the the video the VHS versions on <laughs> Glenn Ford scenes, so you don't have to see. This weird stuff on his lips. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Ford's great, though. It, it was cool to see him in there. I, and I, I meant to bring him up on the episode because he's one of my favorite actors. But um, but it was surrounded by such madness, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, everybody, thank you for that. Uh, we appreciate any time awesome. you write us, anytime you leave us a voicemail. We love you. And we are humbled by the fact that... Uh, we still wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for you guys interacting with us. It means so much. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It really makes it worthwhile to hear from you folks. So thank you. And Dale, I have a personal question for you. Yes. What are we watching next? Oh. Episode? Uh, Chuck, it's a great question. Technical advisor Slim. We love him. Mm-hmm. Love him. Uh, we we probably wouldn't be doing this without his his love and encouragement. You nailed it. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so he triggered something in me for based on something that he watched. And uh, he watched a Vincent Price movie. Mm. House on Haunted Hill, I believe, is what he watched. I, um, I haven't... I mean, I'm not... I'm not a big Vincent head. I mean, I... I love him. I love from what I've seen. I love him. You know, he's an institution. He's almost like his own genre. I feel like. Um, yeah. Vincent Price, Vincent Price movies, you know? Uh, um, so, so I'm excited. I, I, he's someone I definitely need to watch more of. So I'm excited for you to pick one. Are you going to pick Edward Scissorhands? I'm going to pick, uh, 
the read, write, and draw shorts from the Disney Channel and the uh, lady. (laughs) (laughs) There is one here. The movie, uh, if it's streaming somewhere, called Witchfinder General. I want to see that real bad. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, folks, it looks like um, right now you can find it on YouTube. Witchfinder General, 1968, directed by Michael Reeves. The cruel civil war between royalists and parliamentarians that is ravaging the country causes an era of chaos and legal arbitrariness that allows unscrupulous men to profit by exploiting the absurd superstitions of the peasants. Like Matthew Hopkins, a monster disguised as a man who wanders from town to town offering her services as a witch hunter. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. So. I'm, I am hype, Dale. Let's do this. I'm hype, baby. I cannot wait to see this. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. I mean, what a name. Witchfinder General. I know. It's, it's yeah, it's upper echelon probably. Might be the best title, at least from a Bat and Spider standpoint, that we've done. Yeah. But maybe the best title of a movie ever. Gosh. And Vincent Price. I don't, I don't even think I realized he was in this. Very exciting. Very exciting, Dale. Good pick. Thank you. I am hyped. And this train just keeps rolling. Uh, so, on that, next week, Bat and Spiderlings, Witchfinder General, stickers, links in the show notes, stickers. links in our Instagram profile. We still have our t-shirts, um, and the, uh, the the proceeds from any t-shirt sales go to the Movement for Black Lives. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charles Forsman on Instagram, Dale underscore A on for Instagram, Bat and Spider on Instagram. Uh, I apologize. I never do this like lawn mowing, uh, plugging stuff, but it's it's yeah. there. We should do it every once yeah. in a while. It's good. Uh, Letterboxd. Uh, you can find both of us in Letterboxd. I think it's our same yeah. names. Or no, I'm, I'm oily on Letterboxd and you're Dale underscore A. Correct. Yeah. And... Uh, so that's it. Let's let's get the hell out of here, Chuck. Um, let's get the fuck out of here. We got shit to yeah, do. Yeah, I got to edit. It's they've had enough. Yeah. It's it's uh, just craziness. I got to turn this AC back on. It's yeah. still eighty two degrees outside right now, Chuck. More like sweat finder general. Am I right?
Our theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com.